Hi, I'm Byron Anderson, and I'm a PE. Hi, I'm Ted Corliss, and I'm a JD. Welcome to the PEJD podcast. Today, we're going to address the issue of something that frightens most Floridians, and that is the formation of sinkholes throughout the state of Florida. Byron, you're going to answer all my questions about dirt. Will you do that for me? I'll do my best, Ted. There's a, there's a lot of information uh, to, to consider and digest associated with this. Uh, so with that, let's get started talking about sinkholes. All right. So I, you know, I grew up in the state of Missouri, and it turns out there's a whole bunch of caves in Missouri, and there's a whole bunch of sinkholes in Missouri. Are they related? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, sinkholes and, and caves are oftentimes related because uh, sinkholes develop in what's called a karst terrain environment. And what is indicative of a karst terrain environment is you have limestone or some other rock formation that is the bedrock that is slightly basic on the pH scale. And then you introduce rainwater that is slightly acidic, acidic on the pH scale. And then as that rainwater migrates through organic materials, it becomes more acidic. And so the acidic rainwater starts to eat away at the basic limestone. Uh, and it's almost like dropping water onto an Alka-Seltzer. It's, it's dissolving the, the limestone. And the and ultimately what's happening is that there's caves and caverns and holes that are being left behind by the dissolution of that limestone. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to break some of that down. You got a lot in there. Sure. <laughs> okay, so all right, so there's a layer of limestone at some depth below the surface in the state of Florida. How how far down is it? Well, it's going to vary based on where you're at in the state of Florida, but you know, let's let's back it way back up. Okay, um, we're going to back uh, up millions and millions of years uh, before Florida was even a landform, and in particular, uh, Pangaea, or the the massive uh, landform that w was basically all of the continents put pushed together uh, after the Earth formed and the land started to develop. Uh, Pangaea started to separate into the different continental plates. And in particular, we had the uh, North American plate and the African plate that separated. Uh, and along that separation is where, where Florida is now, but originally there was no Florida uh, whenever the uh, continents started to separate. There were, was the Appalachian Mountains. Uh, and there was the Rocky Mountains, and uh, interesting, interestingly enough, the Appalachian Mountains are much older than the Rocky Mountains. But what happened over time is that the Appalachian Mountains started to erode, and that erosion uh, channeled its way down south uh, towards where Florida is now, and gradually over time, the Appalachians eroded down and started to form the, uh, what is now Florida, um, and as this erosion was occurring, there was also fluctuations in sea levels that were occurring. And with those fluctuations in sea levels, there was uh, marine life or calcareous material, shells, uh, things like that, that was uh, being left behind in coral reefs, that was being left behind as these sea levels would rise and fall. And that calcareous material is a sedimentary, it became a sedimentary rock called limestone, which is the base rock in Florida. Um, 
and your your question was is how deep is it well in some parts of florida uh north of where we're at in the tampa bay area it can be at the surface and other parts it could be uh several hundred feet deep uh if you were along the like lake wells ridge area of the state do do sinkhole uh sinkholes that cause damage to buildings do they tend to be the ones that are where the limestone is more shallow as you mentioned sometimes literally right beneath the soil that you could dig down with a shovel and get to it. Are you more likely to see sinkholes cause damage to buildings in those shallow areas or in the deeper? You are, you're the, the concentration of damage is going to be higher where the limestone is, is nearer to the surface. Um, for a couple different reasons, as we discussed earlier, the, the formation of the sinkhole has, has, is related to the, dissolution or the dissolving of this limestone and then the migration of soils uh, that is above the limestone into the spaces that are left behind or the voids that are left behind. And so if you have a very thin cover and your building is setting very close to the surface of the limestone, then that dissolution or failure of the limestone is going to have a more immediate effect on the building. However, you're typically going to have those uh, damages occur as, as minor cracking and not necessarily catastrophic damages. You know, the, the sinkholes that we typically see on the news, the giant collapses, those typically occur where we have more cover over top of the limestone uh, and, and more ability for the soil to bridge over caverns in the limestone or caves in the limestone until such point is that overburdened soil can no longer resist the weight of uh, the self-weight of the soil and or the building and a collapse occurs. You know, uh, the the detail you're going into kind of, it it makes me want to ask you this question. What is the difference between the role of a geologist versus a professional engineer who would be described as a geotechnical engineer? Sure. Um, you know, there, there, there's two different professions that are involved in the sinkhole investigation and the sinkhole repair realm. Uh, the, and the kind of the way I think of them is that the geologist tends to paint a broad stroke uh, in, the, in the painting. They're looking at it from more from a regional perspective. You know, is there sinkhole activity possible at this location? Is there a difference in hydraulic gradient that be, could be driving the sinkholes? Um, what is the what is the formation of the underlying bedrock? Is the underlying bedrock newer, such as in Miami, or is it older, uh, such as in the Ocala area, um, meaning that the older bedrock is more susceptible to being uh, to having voids in it? Um, so they're looking the, the the geologist is looking at it more from a regional. Um, or a, a macro perspective where the geotechnical engineering is looking at it from a micro perspective, also looking at other aspects of are there other types of soils that are causing damage to the property? Um, you, what, what is the makeup of the structure? Uh, is there structural problems that could be a uh, contributing cause to the differential settlement? And then ultimately, the repair of the sinkhole conditions is solely the realm of the geotechnical engineer, meaning that uh, the geologist doesn't have the education training or experience to formulate repairs to buildings 
to stay to stabilize the land and building and repair the foundation because i guess it's a is it a fair statement to say that soil is kind of a building material i would agree with that i would agree with that i mean it's got it you know for for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction well whenever we put a building on the earth the earth has to resist those loads and so it becomes part of that building understand understand all right is there you, you talk about the the limestone in the southern tips of Florida, southern tip of Florida is newer, and Ocala is older. Uh, is it a situation where there seems to be counties in the state of Florida where you're really finding a, a majority of the sinkhole claims that are being filed? Uh, yes, absolutely. It's a uh, you know traditionally we've kind of lived in what's been referred to as a sinkhole alley. Um, you know, it's a it's a kind of a tri-county area um, that makes up the vast majority of the sinkhole claims in the state. That would be uh, Hernando, Pasco, and Hillsborough County. That that being said, there's certainly sinkhole conditions and sinkhole claims that occur in other parts of the state. Um, you know, the Panhandle, uh, north of uh, Hernando into Citrus and Levy counties, and and east sure. of here yeah. into Polk County. Um, but what happens is that, as we talked about earlier, it's a combination of the amount of cover that's over top of the limestone. So, you know, to, to digress for just a second, what we didn't talk about is that the, the basic uh, bedrock in Florida is typically limestone or a similar rock formation. Um, and then over top of that, as I said earlier, there's been fluctuations of sea levels over the time. And, and for a long time, there was a shallow sea over much of Florida. And so that shallow sea and, and, and what was living in that shallow sea left behind deposits of clay that typically overlie the limestone. And then, as we were discussing earlier, the erosion of the Appalachians uh, creates a lot of sands uh, that have occurred on our beaches. And as the sea levels have risen and fallen, that's uh, deposited sand over top of that clay. And so a typical soil profile that we'd, we would see in in this region of Florida would be uh, sand and then uh, some sort of a layer of clay and then the limestone aquifer system. Got it. Now, I noticed that in a lot of the reports that you prepare, you include aerial photographs of the area nearby. What is the, what's the purpose of that? Well, by looking at aerial photographs, you know, so much of Florida has been modified through the development process, meaning that you know, it's, it's the old adage of buying swampland in Florida kind of thing. Um, a lot of what was done, uh, particularly in the 60s and 70s, is they weren't paying a lot of attention to what was here currently. Uh, and in particular, if you look at aerial photographs, you'll see uh, the areas dotted with cypress domes, um, you, which is essentially small cypress swamps. Uh, that are typically circular or semi-circular in nature. And, you know, we've done many times, what we've done many times in the past is that we'll take those historical aerials and we'll overlay current aerials and where the property is located. And what we'll find is that in the development process, they just removed the Cypress Dome, threw in some fill, and then built the house over top of that area in a prairie build scenario. Well, what that cypress dome is, is a low area in the Earth's surface 
uh, and it's low because there's been a dissolution of limestone. There's, there's ancient sinkhole activity that occurs there, or as we refer to it, paleo-sink paleo activity. Um, and so, you know, those, those low spots are there because of the sinkhole activity, but then also, as I said earlier, the groundwater goes through organic material, becomes more acidic, and progresses and, and um, causes a magnification of the sinkhole activity. So those low cypress gnomes are very rich in organic material, and so they kind of self-perpetuate themselves as sinkholes. So to answer your question, what's the importance of it is, is we're looking at what is the historical geologic perspective or geologic arrangement of a specific site uh, prior to development and looking so at key. looking right. at it if a, if a structure is built over top of an ancient sinkhole got it well and uh there i'm obviously then there are methods that you use you, you know you're talking about a regional evaluation looking at a you know a five square mile area but then at some point you do ultimately end up at the front door of the property that you're investigating can you describe some of the testing methods that you would use to an order what that would allow you to conclude that sinkhole activity is or is not present at a location sure but first what i want to do is um if it's okay with you is i want to talk about some of the driving mechanisms of really what you know allows a sinkhole to form and what i mean by that you know there let's let's make a distinction between a sinkhole and sinkhole activity a sinkhole is the landform or the depression that forms because of sinkhole activity. Sinkhole activity is the dissolution of the limestone or similar rock formation that's allowing the overburdened soils to ravel or migrate down into, into those voids. Well, you know, in Florida right now here in, in July of 2020, we've been in a period of you know probably two years now where we've had relatively high rainfall amounts nothing crazy but but certainly no drought conditions above average sure above average rainfall for the past couple of years and so you know we can we can historically map the development of sinkholes along with fluctuations in the groundwater water table either positive or negatively meaning that you know, there's there was instances uh, several years ago where uh, we had some farmers in Plant City uh, that during a extended freeze period over pumped the aquifer and lowered the aquifer by as much as 79 feet. And in doing so caused hundreds of sinkholes to develop in that general vicinity. So essentially think of it this way is that uh, the water table is sitting there nice and easy, uh, nice and even, and the soil below that water table is, is more or less floating in, in the water table. Um, there's some buoyancy to it. And then all of a sudden you drop the water table 79 feet. Well, then there's a lot of stress that's added uh, into the soil structure associated with that. And then those voids that are in the soil that were filled with water are no longer filled with water, so water's not compressible, um, and so you remove that non-compressible material out of those voids very suddenly, then you get a quick development of sinkholes. The converse of that is we had, uh, I think it was Tropical Storm Debbie, if I, my memory uh, serves me right, and Tropical Storm Debbie dropped somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 inches of rain 
in the Lake City Live Oak area in about a 48 inch, oh, sorry, 48 hour period. And so what that did is it caused a drastic increase in the groundwater flow and the recharging of the aquifer. And it, it basically overran the system and caused bunches of sinkholes to develop. So what I'm saying is that when, our, when we're in a period of relatively uh, steady rainfall, uh, wetter than normal conditions, but not overly wet, we don't see a lot of development of sinkholes. But when we go through, in particular, a drought condition, and then we start getting rains, or we have man-made actions, such as over-pumping, those uh, conditions certainly drive the development of sinkholes. And then you combine that with the artificial lowering of the aquifer that has come from over-pumping for agricultural reasons, for golf courses, uh, and for other reasons, industrial reasons. You know, we have quite literally raped the Floridian aquifer in many instances, and that has also driven the development of the sinkholes. I guess because as they continue to build more developments and stress the water resources more and more than the conditions that you just described that set up the formation of sinkholes becomes ripe. Absolutely. That's one of the things that, that we've talked about a lot of times, you and I, is that if you own 500 acres of farmland in Hernando County, you don't want to know if there's sinkholes on that land because it's going to devalue it. If you're buying that land for development, you don't want to know that there's sinkhole conditions on that land because you're going to have to pay to address those sinkhole conditions during the development process. If you are the government, no slight towards Hernando County, but if you're the government, you don't want to know that there's sinkhole conditions on that property because that's going to impact your tax base that you're going to be able to get from that property. So there is no financial benefit during the development phase for these sinkholes to be ferreted out and addressed. Uh, and so ultimately what ends up is that we get many properties, you know, tens of thousands of properties that I've been involved with investigating and repairing that were built on land that probably shouldn't have been built on. And if they would have just done some due diligence during the development and construction phase, they could have saved the owners and the insurance company many, many millions to billions of dollars associated with these problems. With that, uh, I think we will take a quick break uh, and we'll come back soon. Very good.